0: Ashley Brock, reading Dolores Fawson's book, Mason, Chapter 4 Abby knew her situation had just gone from bad to worse. She also knew that Mason wasn't just going to let her run out of there again. Not that she could. Not now. Not after the gunman's attack. She opened this dangerous Pandora's box and had to stay around long enough to close it, if she could. But closing it meant finishing first answering the Texas-sized question that Mason had just asked her. Who the hell are you? I'm Abby Baker, she said knowing that didn't clarify anything, especially because it was a name given to her 21 years ago by the U.S. Marshals when she and her mom had entered witness protection. Her real name was Madeline Turner, Maddie, but she no longer thought of herself as that little girl who nearly died from a hired gun's bullet. She was Abby Baker now, and she had thoroughly riled... and she had a thoroughly riled, confused cowboy long man looming over her. He was waiting for answers that didn't involve her real name or anything else so mundane. Mason's attention and Mason's attention and narrow glaive glare were on the counter where did you get it he asked abby considered another lie she's gotten so good at them over the years but no one was that good there was no way she could convince mason that she found the concho and then had conveniently applied for a job at the Ryland ranch there was no nothing chance about it and now she might have been endangered not just mason but also his entire family so i come after her tonight and she had to get to the bottom of that fast first though she had to get past mason Literally, that meant giving him enough information to satisfy him, but not so much that he would have a major meltdown. Where did you get the concho? He repeated. Abby tried not to look as frightened as she felt, but she figured she wasn't very successful. Your father gave it to me? She saw the surprise go through his eyes. Maybe Mason had thought she'd stolen it or something. My father. He snapped. Abby settled for a nod, knowing she would have to add details, but the devil was in those details, and once Mason heard them, he might physically toss her off the ranch. That couldn't happen at this exact moment. When? He pressed why? She had no choice but to clear her throat so she could answer. When I turned sixteen, he said it was a good luck charm. "'That was a lie. Actually, Boone had said he wanted her to have it because it was his most valuable possession, something he reserved for his own children. Nothing about his severe expression changed. Mason's wintry eyes stayed narrow to slits. His jaw muscles stirred. He continued to glare at her for several snail-crawling seconds anyways. Then he cursed.' One really bad word, before he turned and scrubbed his hands over his face. It seemed to take him another couple moments to get his jaw unclenched. So Boone is alive, he mumbled. Or at least he was when you were sixteen. He still is alive, Abby confirmed. I talked to him on the phone before I went to bed. She chose the words carefully. He met my mother and me about four months before she was killed. Where? he barked. Maverick County, but we've lived plenty of other places since then. She paused because she had to gather her breath. We moved a lot, finding work at ranches all over the Southwest. He's always worried that Vermin- Vernon Ferguson will find me and finish what he started. Mason's eyes narrowed even more. Boone lived with you. He raised me. Abby corrected, that didn't improve Mason's ordinary mood, more profanity, and then the corner of his mouth lifted in a dry smile that held no humor in it. He raised you, and he repeated it. He couldn't raise his own sons or be a husband to his wife, but yet he took you in. Why? Abby had asked herself that a thousand times and still didn't have the answer. It was either that or I would have to go into foster care. There weren't many options for a kid witness protection. You would have been better off in foster care. Mason mumbled, I figured the SLB was dead. He held up his hand and a stop gesture when she started to speak. He should be dead. That sent a chill through her. That chill got significantly worse when Mason grabbed her arm and pulled her to her feet. He sent you, Mason accused, why? He wasn't been fences with us after all these years. Abby didn't get a chance to deny it. Script was hard and punishing. Well, you can just go back to Maverick County and tell that bastard that he's not welcome here. Neither is his lackey. Consider yourself officially fired. He didn't send me. Abby managed to say. Mason no doubt heard her, but he didn't respond except to holler toward the door. Abby dug in her heels, or rather tried. It was like wrestling with an angry bear. She wasn't a weakling, and her work with the cutting horses had honed some muscles that most women didn't have, but she was no physical match for the likes of Mason. Still, she had to make him understand. Boone didn't send me, she repeated. In fact, he would be very unhappy if he knew I was here. (laughs) And that was a massive understatement that stopped mason finally even though they were just inches from the door boone knows how much you hate him she added oh that puts some fire into those icy gray eyes he can't begin to imagine how much i hate him his attention dropped back to the country i put a bullet through mine and then nailed it to my bedroom wall so it's the first thing i see when i wake up that way i can remember that a man who fathered me is a worthless piece of dirt Abby had expected anger, but she hadn't quite braced herself enough for this outright rage. Boone had been right. He had done the unforgivable when he walked out on his family. At least it was unforgivable in Mason's eyes, and she wondered if she stood a better chance pleading her case to one of his brothers. The, problems was she, the problem was she might not get the chance to do that. Mason started moving again toward the door. Why did Boone leave Silver Creek, she asked. Again, that stopped him. Well, sort of. Mason didn't open the door, but he put her back right against it, and kept his grip hard and tight on her shoulders. She was trapped, and Boone's warning came flying through her head. Mason isn't the forgive or forget sort. It was the few times, Boone had talked about his sons, about the life he'd left behind here in Silver Creek. Boone wouldn't have wanted her to come here, but she had no choice. This was her best bet at finding the answers to why Boone had been so secretively lately. He was def- definitely keeping something from her, and Abby was scared that that something meant he was in serious danger. You tell me why he ran off. Mason challenged. She shook her head. Actually, her whole body was shaking. Maybe from the adrenaline. Maybe the cold. Maybe Mason. She glanced down between them at the fact that their bodies were pressed against each other. Not good. After all, despite the anger and Boone's warning about this particular island, Mason was a man and she was a woman. Mason must have realized it too, because while still growling and cursing, he stepped back. Why did Boone leave? He repeated. Abby had to shake her head again. "I don't know it was the truth, but she wished he had the answer because it would no doubt clear up a lot of other questions he had. He wouldn't say, but for what it's worth, he was a good surrogate father to me. Mason made a skeptical sound and threw open the door. However, he didn't toss her out. that's because his oldest brother, Grayson, was standing in the way. He had an armful of clothes, concerned look on his face, and the same cop's eyes as Mason and he eyed the grip that Mason held on her a problem. Grayson asked, suspicion dripping from his voice. He waited until Mason let go for her before he handed her the clothes from his wife. Yeah, there's a problem, Mason verified. Boone sent her. He didn't! Abby answered as fast as he could, and she was getting darn tired of that broken record accusation. Grayson looked first at Mason, then her. Is that why you're here at the ranch? Because of Boone? No! Abby said at the exact moment that Mason said yes, Grayson gave him a raised eyebrow. Well, which is it? Both Rylands stared at her, waiting. Boone doesn't know I'm here, and he didn't send me, Abby insisted. He believes he doesn't see the chance of reconciling with any of you. He's right. Mason jumped to answer. Grayson didn't voice an opinion, but his expression made it clear that Mason and he were of a like mind. And that meant Abby was wasting her time and putting them in further danger for no reason. Well, except that she might get some answers from Grayson that she hadn't managed to get from his brother. Abby hugged it close to her chest and looked Grayson in the eyes. Boone never talked much about all Boo never talked much about all of you, so I don't know why he left. Mason cursed. Grayson lifted his shoulder. Doesn't matter why? He asked. Unlike Mason, he actually waited for her to answer. Maybe? That required a deep breath. Something's wrong. If he's dying, then you better break the nose of someone who's going to give a flying fig. Mason grumbled. Ellie was about to tell him that Boone wasn't dying, but she had no idea if that was true. And that made her sick to her stomach. Yes, Mason had a right to be this enraged, but she was already getting tired of it. He was aiming that venom not just at her, but also at the man who raised her. A I man she loved like a father. Get dressed, Mason said again. This time it was in order. Then he grabbed onto the concho, shoved it back into her gown so that it was outside. I'll drive you into town so you can leave Silver Creek. Grayson had a different reaction. He flexed those those previously raised eyebrows. Someone just tried to kill her. He reminded Mason, and that someone likely set fire to the guest house with her in it. As the sheriff, I think I'd like to get to the bottom of that first before she leaves. Boom, center. Mason argued, and we can send her back. After the doc checks her out and she answers a few questions, because Mason was clearly gearing up for an argument, Grayson tipped his head to the class. Go ahead and change. Abby considered staying put, considering trying to convince them that she wasn't there on a mission of peace making. But it was obviously an argument she'd lose. On a huff, she headed to the bathroom, but didn't shut the door all the way. She needed to hear what the Ryland brothers were planning to do with her. Too bad she couldn't quite manage that, because both lowered their voices to whispers, angry ones. Mason was still no doubt insisting that she leave immediately. Jason had the more level head, and she remembered Boone calling him an old soul. Abby hurriedly changed into loose pants and oversized denim shirts. No underwear, but the flat silver top shoes fits. She was ready to face down the enemy, or rather her former employer, until she caught sight of herself in the mirror. Mercy! There was soot on her face. Her hair was tangled mess, and there were dark circles under her eyes, and then she wondered why she cared. Oh, yeah, she remembered. Mason, and that body-to-body contact, Abby cursed him, cursed herself. She didn't let, let men get under her skin, and she wasn't about to start now. Still with that reminder, Abby walked back into the main room, only to have both Rylamans stop their whispering conversation and stared at her. So, what's the verdict? She came right out and asked. Of course, Mason scowled at her and mumbled something she probably didn't want to hear anyway. Our other brothers, day and night, are looking for the man who took shots at you. Jason informed her he was all caught now. Any idea who he was? She shook her head. It was too dark to see his face. Mason swung his attention in her direction. What about the man who's at the fire? Too dark to see him, too? Abby ignored the skeptical snarky tone. I didn't see him, she verified. In fact, I didn't see anyone. I only sensed someone was there. Your senses are good, Grayson volunteered. Because I looked at the door that Mason pulled off you, it'd been torn from its hinges. If you didn't do that... I didn't, <laughs> Grayson lifted his shoulder, Then someone else did. I'm guessing it was the same man who fired those shots. She guessed the same. Abby also guessed that his brothers would give it their best efforts in searching for the man, but she also knew there were miles and miles of wood areas area surrounding the Ryland Ranch. The odds weren't good, and that put a knot back in her stomach. He'll be back, she said before she could stop herself. Abby instinctively regretted the admission, but it didn't surprise Grayson, perhaps not Mason either. It was hard to tell because his face seemed to be frozen in that permanent glare. Boone didn't send me, she reiterated, and I'm sorry that you're wild because someone tried to kill me on your ranch. I'm not wild because of that. That got rid of the glare, judging from his annoyed huff. Mason hadn't hadn't intended to ditch the glare. Raise his voice or show even a smidgen of what had been bad temper to go along with that gruff exterior. But Abby hadn't intended to go that snark route either. Look, I'm frustrated and scared and feel a dozen other things that you clearly don't want me to feel. I'm sorry. Quite apologizing, Mason snapped. He stared at her and stared, then cursing. Quite apologizing. He repeated, like the little arm rub he'd given her earlier before he'd seen the conduit sounded. Well... Human. Grayson gave them both a stern glance, especially his brother. Are you two sleeping together or something? No. Mason, she said in unison. Mason shot his brother a look that could have frozen Hades. Grayson did some more staring and then made a sound of disbelief. And maybe we can concentrate on finding the man who tried to kill you. He waited until their attention before he continued. I've already made a call to Marshall Harley McKinney to let him know what's going on and I've put out fillers to find out if Vernon, Vernon Ferguson can, connected to this. She gave a weary sigh and pushed her hair from her face. You won't find a connection, Abby assured him. Ferguson's too smart for that. That remi- reminder caused her to go still. Ferguson's found me awfully fast. I've been here at the ranch only three days. Maybe Boone told him. Mason instantly suggested. Abby didn't even have to consider it. Boone doesn't know I'm here. That's the truth. I told him I was visiting a friend in Austin. Mason gave her a flat stare. So you're telling us the truth, but he lied to him. Yes, she ignored his sarcasm and turned toward Mason. Did you do some kind of background check on me? mason probably would have preferred to continue the sniping match but she saw the moment that he turned from an angry son to concern rancher and loman of course i use a pi agency in san Antonio to screen potential employees he paused. i don't have the report back on you yet later she would curse herself for not realizing that mason would run such a check she didn't have an arrest record in fact not many records at all and that would have perhaps flagged the pi's interests it had probably flagged marshall mckinney too but abby had called him right before she applied for the job with the wrench to tell him she might be working there for a short period of time. She also asked the marshal not to tell Boone, and McKinney must have complied because Boone hadn't tried to stop her, and he would have if he'd known she was anywhere near Silver Creek. Abby Sugarhead and at Mason, So why did you hire me before you got the report? Because he needed a cutter. Grayson jumped to answer, It goes through five or six cutting horse trainers a year. The muscles of Mason's jaw tighter because Moe's were spit. Another pause, he tipped his head to her. She seemed to know what she was doing. Thanks, your father trained me. She had a know it would cause his glare to return. It did, not just from Mason, but his brother, too. She huffed, but regretted the, that little jab. It was clear she wasn't going to win them over to her side, so it was best to tell them the truth. Hope they'd be willing to do something to help her. Abby took a deep breath before she started. Something happened about a month ago. I'm not sure what she added because it looked as if both Rylands were about to interrupt her. I know it started when Boone heard the news reports about the senator who committed suicide here in Silver Creek for hiring, then Grayson supplied. Abby waited for them to add more. They didn't, but she'd done her own reading about the senator. He confessed to murdering his wife and the Rylands' son's grandfather, Chet McLaurin, before taking his own life. What connection does Boone have to Senator Harrington? Abby asked. You mean other than Harrington murdering Boone's father-in-law? Mason asked. He was back to being a cowboy cop again. She nodded. Is there something more? Mason shook his head, huffed. According to Ford, our grandfather was having an affair with Ford's wife. Was he? She pressed, though she still couldn't see the connection with Boone. Maybe. When Mason paused, Grayson took up the explanation. His wife was having an affair with someone. Ford's daughter, Lynette, confirmed that she overheard her mother talking about it before she was killed, and Lynette has no reason to lie because she's our sister-in-law. So maybe that was the connection she'd been searching for, but why would a decades-old affair between a senator's wife and Boone's father-in-law have such an impact now, especially because everyone seemed to know about it? Is it possible that the senator's wife got pregnant and had your grandfather's baby? Yes, she was gasping at straws, but she had to find what had set all this in motion. Mason lived in the story. I suppose she could have gotten pregnant, but she didn't give birth. No time for that. From the timeline we've been able to come up with, Ford killed her only about a month after the affair started. Well, there went her secret baby theory. Boone got upset when he saw the news reports about the senator's suicide, she added, and he followed the story like a hawk. I've never seen him like that, and since then, he's been secretive. Agitated. He even hired a P.I. and he won't tell me why. The brothers exchanged concurrent glances. What's your theory? Abby had to take a deep breath. I suspected something bad happened to Boone all those years ago. Something bad enough to cause him to walk out on his family. And what would that be? Mason's tone wasn't quite as lawman-like as he had been for his other questions. The emotion and old pain were seeping through. I'm not sure, Abby admitted, but a week ago I heard him talking to someone on the phone. I don't know who, but it could have been the P.I. I only caught pieces of the conversation, but Boone mentioned the ranch and all of you. Us, Mason challenged. She nodded. I think he was worried about your safety. Mercy, she wished she heard more of that call. He also said something else. (laughs) What? Mason pressed when she paused. Ever tried to repeat this part? verbatim. Boone said the past was catching up with him and that it wouldn't be long before someone came to kill him. End of chapter four.